Good afternoon. Hey. <laughs> How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I am great. I got to wake up this morning, so I have absolutely nothing to complain about. Yeah, be grateful, right? It's the best way. Yes. I am. Yeah, it's it's awesome to, you know, be able to wake up to have another chance at life and, you know, make the most out of every day. So I have no complaints. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, for the listeners, today is September 28th, 2020. You all are now listening to The Crow Show. I'm your host, Torch the Poet. And this is my 135th episode. And for this episode, making a guest appearance, it is my honor to have a woman who proudly served our country as a Marine. So you know she's badass. And then on top of that, she is also a chairwoman and CEO at MST, which is Military Sexual Trauma Movement. I have none other than Miss J, if I may be allowed to call you that, ma'am, on the line with us. Yeah, that's totally fine. <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, Miss J, if you don't mind giving the listeners um, just a a brief background about yourself, and uh, we can kind of dive in. All right. So I am Janelle Marina Mendez, and at the age of 17 years old, I went through a series of sexual violence while I was serving in the United States Marine Corps. Um, that resulted in hazing, starvation, sleep deprivation, being raped, molested, and ultimately thrown in jail when I reported it. And this is something that has deeply affected me for the last 13 years of my life. Um, at one point when I got out the Marine Corps, I became very like suicidal and I attempted suicide. So, you know, as years went on, I had a lot of health issues related to the PTSD. And I also had issues with fertility and miscarrying due to the PTSD. So in 2018, I started the military sexual trauma movement um, in order to change laws in the country, um, in order to protect service members and veterans who've experienced military sexual trauma because it's just horrific the way that it's handled. Now, shit, I'm trying to wrap my head around that because, again, I, I think I told you um, when we were chatting earlier how my family is military. Um, and I, I, I think like, damn, you know, you you go and enlist to proudly serve your country and then you go through horrific experiences like that and then you get thrown in jail when you go to report that. Yeah. And I... I I don't really have the, the words to even describe what uh, I feel inside right now because I'm like that. that you it's mind blowing. It, it really is because yeah. you don't think that the military should hide anything like that and then let alone penalize the victim. Well, so that's the reason we exist is because there are 1.5 million veterans who currently receive <laughs> pension payments for PTSD due to military sexual trauma. And also there, um, what a lot of people don't know is that there, you have a higher likelihood to have PTSD due to MST than you do to combat, especially for women. 
and people don't factor those things in or like the number one reason for female veteran homelessness is military sexual trauma uh, due to retaliatory discharges. And I, I think, so this is what, what I would put in perspective. I think it's shocking to the American public because of the fact that you don't think that the military would treat its own people like prisoners of war. Because mm-hmm. basically, that is what happened, right? If you go through mm-hmm. military sexual trauma and you report it, they're going to do everything to stop you from reporting it because as it stands, is your chain of command also your legal system. So because mm-hmm. they have essentially unlimited power over you, they're just going to mm-hmm. not let you report. So they're going to do anything that they can to deter you from reporting, which is going to include starvation, hazing, sleep deprivation, you know, getting hit and beat, that's happened to me. Anything that's gonna deter you from reporting, they're going to do. And what a lot of people don't realize is that's the reason so many service members end up going unauthorized absence or AWOL is because you go through sexual violence and then at the same time, like you're getting beat and starved and you're getting locked in a room and they're, they're doing all of these tactics to you that they would do if they were in combat to a foreign um, government or enemy and you're like I like I knew that if I signed up and went to combat maybe a foreign government would do this but no one signs up thinking you're going to go through sexual violence in your own chain of command the people you're supposed to trust are now yeah. going to treat you like a prisoner of war on American soil I am flabbergasted yeah it's crazy I, I, and and you mentioned about the, the sleep deprivation um, starvation so like I, you mm-hmm. were allowed chow, um, but oh, they, no. they would... I got, when I reported, so like, and I went through multiple um, incidences of sexual violence. It wasn't one time, it was multiple times. And I'm the kind of person that I'm like, this is wrong, like, I'm gonna say something, right? And every time I said something, I went through horrific treatment for trying to report. And every single time that I tried to report, I got denied reporting and I had an instance with another female Marine where we, for four days, we were um, starved. We went through sleep deprivation. We were not allowed to sleep. We were not allowed to eat. I got a metal chair thrown at me. Um, I was molested at that point. And then I got locked in a room after all that happened for 15 hours. Because even after I went through all that, I still was like, I want to report this. So then they locked me in a room for 15 hours. They still denied me food. And then because I wasn't budging, they brought me a blue Gatorade to drink. Cause like, that's my favorite to drink to try to like get to persuade me. And then they kept bringing in people from the chain of commands that were like higher and higher ranking. Cause I still was like, I want to go to legal. And they were like, this is the culture that you signed up for. We handle things as Marines in house. You know, hazing is a part of our culture. This is this is what we do. And like, you're a female in the Marine Corps, like you need to get used to this. And I was like, sitting there because I'm 17 years old at this time. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me that this is what I signed up for. Cause I signed up for NBC and I signed up to do, you know, science and physics and, you know, fight for my country. I didn't sign up for this shit. And I was like, I remember thinking how terrified I was. And I'm like, yo, if they're, if they're fighting this hard to deny me the ability to report like these people are gonna try to kill me 
So then I basically, I told them like, I'm like, fine, I'm not gonna report it. I understand this is the culture. And then when they finally let me out, I went UA. Like I ran away. I like pulled the cab. I was like, I need to hide in the trunk. I ran, I hopped in that thing. And I'm like, it would take me as far away as possible from here. Cause I really thought they were gonna murder me. Like it was, and I'm 17. I mean, no one signs up for going through that. That is, oh my gosh, that that is so fucked up. That's the only words I can think of right now, because what is a woman and or a man supposed to do in that situation? Because as you mentioned, it, it happens to men too, women more so. So the way, that's the reason, like, you know, we exist and why we've been working on overturning laws, because the reality is, like, you're in an impossible situation, right? You come out and you're mm-hmm. like, hey, I went through military sexual trauma, and people are not familiar with it, or they think you're, like, betraying the military, you don't like the military, and you're like, this is not normal. Like, sexual violence in the workplace is not normal. It's not allowed in any other sector, mm-hmm. like... You look at what's happening in Hollywood and, you know, the most powerful people are getting taken down. You know, you, you look at all these other sectors like corporate America and it's not allowed. But then when it comes to the military, it's like, oh, my God, it's the holy grail. How dare you speak against the military? And you're like, no, sexual violence shouldn't be happening. And I shouldn't enlist and be not only going through sexual violence, but I shouldn't be treated like a prisoner of war. And I shouldn't also be at a point where I think I'm, I'm going to die in fear for my life. And then when I do go UA, you know, I'm getting penalized for that because I have no mm-hmm. choice where I'm, I'm not going to survive. And yep. I think what happened with Vanessa Guillen, where you see that she was scared to report and then mm-hmm. she ended up being horrifically murdered for it. I think that woke America up to be like, mm-hmm. oh, this, pro- this is a problem. <laughs> be happening where it's like this has been happening for a hundred years there's 1.5 million of us that have gone through that have gone through this so it becomes this point of like oh this is really happening and now we need to do something now you spoke or pardon me you speak about vanessa Guillen. um talk about that because that also is what made me feel compelled to reach out to you the fact that you um you started enacting her name so if you would speak about that as as well that would be awesome yeah so um i'm gonna give you some background on that because it's we we are one of the organizations that um helped with authoring it um but to give you some background information we started with the restoration of honor act which was the first legislation in u.s history to get passed in 2019 in the state of New York that protects veterans who have gone through military sexual trauma, who have disabilities, and who are part of the LGBTQIA community who have retaliatory discharges and lost benefits because of that. So any veteran now in the state of New York comes home and within 30 days, if they have anything um, that's other than an honorable, they will go over the different circumstances in which they're eligible for benefits. Um, to help reduce homelessness, suicide, and substance abuse. So that was really our starting point with legislation. We started Mm -hmm. working on what we call the MST Victims' Bill of Rights, Mm -hmm. and that encompassed a lot of different legislation, but our focal point was what we call MIRA, 
the military industry regulatory authority. So okay. what we did, on, and that was for federal policy. So what we did in the last two years um, is that we were lobbying for, for Mira as a regulatory authority to regulate the way sexual violence is handled, the way retaliation is handled, the way discrimination is handled, the way racism, sexism, um, and um, transgender and other LGBTQIA issues are handled. So it was um, brought a broad spectrum legislation. So um, what ended up happening was we were working on that and we were, we've been lobbying for that and we've taken on a lot of meetings and we built relationships with elected officials um, in the House and Senate Armed Forces Committees. So then um, what happened was at the time, the way we became familiar with Vanessa's case was um, our movement's artist is from Houston, Texas. And back in April, we commissioned her to work on um, something called Honor Her Story and Unknown Male. And these were educational artwork pieces to educate the public on what MST is like for women and what it's like for men because statistically the journeys are different. So when we hired her and commissioned her for that work, she started doing research on the various uniforms and the storyline that we were going for for this educational piece. And she was like, hey, there's this local um, news story that's going on that I think you guys might be interested in and I think you have the resources to help. So she sent it to me and she's like, you know, Janelle, you and I are Latina women and you and I connect really well. We've been through a lot of the same things and I really, you know, I would really like you to help with this any way you can. So she starts sending me these local articles and that was when I saw um, Vanessa's mom, Gloria, in a Latina magazine. And I saw her on some local news stations talking about what happened to Vanessa and how, you know, Vanessa told her that she was going through sexual violence, but was scared to report. And then Vanessa went missing. So what we do is every quarter we have what we call Reflections magazine where we talk about things that are happening, you know, either in the news that are happening in the community, things that we're doing, survivor stories. Like the, the magazine entails just basically like current events that relate to MST survivors. So we publish that every quarter. And these artwork pieces from our artists, Alyssa, were going in there. And when that was happening, we were like, let's put a missing person's um, mm. adding here for Vanessa and let's start sharing her story in, you know, on our pages. Let's email about it. And then mm. we started organizing like call banks and we started work and we started off with giving like free education on, on how to lobby and how to, um, urge elected officials to find her. And then mm. we also started a petition for Mira, um, to gain the support. And it, within 30 days, we had over 10,000 people sign on to it. So then what happened was um, on July 4th, there was a rally in, in Houston, Texas, and the organizers invited me to go down there to speak um, about me run the legislation. And we, you know, I had gone down there, I spoke, you know, I gave a speech um, at that, at that um, you know, rally for Vanessa Gann. And it was the day before, so like when I was flying down, um, that's when we found out that Vanessa was murdered. And yeah, so that, you know, when I gave a speech at that um, rally, all of a sudden, you know, there was a lot, a lot of emotions and energy there. And then when that happened, 
Um, we, you know, I started talking to the Ian family about working together with them. Mm-hmm. And then we ran into some obstacles because we had a volunteer, an ex-volunteer, um, who stole $3,000 from another volunteer. And <laughs> well, yeah, so uh, wait till I tell you this story. It's just so crazy. So we were talking to their family about working together and our movement obviously is, is progressive. So like one of the things we do to challenge rape culture a lot is like, we'll put out provocative ads, right? And like one of the provocative ads is like me topless. And then it says on it, like, you'll blame me for being naked before you shame my rapist. So like we call out rape culture a lot using provocative art. And um, this ex-volunteer who was actually the one who came up with the idea for this campaign. Um, She basically, we separate ways because she stole this money. Well, she was planning ahead of time to steal this money, right? And when that happened, I was not about it. And I'm like, we don't do that. That's not how we operate. And like, the movement's not participating in this because like, you could go to jail for that, right? Right, So at that point, her and I separated ways and she was like a key person in the movement. And then um, at the same time, the movement was dealing with the legal issue that she was involved in for copyrights. copyrights. And when I I found out, because the other volunteer, um, you know, the other ex-volunteer, because I had both of them resigned from the movement, um, because I didn't want the movement involved in that. I'm like, we're not yeah. getting involved in anything that's like money related. That that's essentially a scam between the like one person scamming the other person. I don't want the movement any part yeah. in this whatsoever. Yeah, um, you don't need that. Well, and also I worked in finance for 12 years as a licensed professional, right? Like I'm not anything money related. I'm not fucking with, excuse my life. <laughs> no, no, you're okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm just not there. That's not going to ever happen. Right. Like when it comes yeah. to money, that's going to be the number one priority in which everything is proper for me. Right. Like I had mm-hmm. a career for over a decade doing that. And, mm-hmm. um, so when, when that came up, those were red flags. And I'm like, I, you know, I just don't want the movement dealing with it. And what ends up happening was, um, I also, you know, went and pulled her funding for the attorneys. So the attorneys withdrew from representing her. Oh, and, gosh. Right. So she sends me an email and she's like, if you don't, um, she was like, if you don't continue paying my attorney's fees, she was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit there. And she was like, I'm gonna make this go public. And she's like, I'm gonna ruin you. Wow. So then I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, if you think I'm going to respond to a threat after like you committed felony grand larceny that, you know, even though I have nothing to do with it, but like now you want me to sit there and pay your bills after you did multiple things wrong and went ahead and harmed someone in the organization that I told you not to do, you're now threatening me, right? So I like tell her, I respond to her in an email and I'm like, you do what you need to do, but like, I'm not giving into your threats. So now while I'm in Houston, Texas, giving this speech, she starts a smear campaign saying that, um, um, I'm running a sex cult in the movement and that, um, I like persuaded her to do a provocative campaign that she didn't want to do and that I'm grooming um, survivors for for nudity and and, like sexual violence. Like, Like she's essentially saying it's a cult when it's not.
Right, right. And so she runs this smear campaign all over the internet. And now I'm like talking to my attorneys about it. And my attorneys are like, just ignore it. Don't address it. And basically this, this smear campaign gets so big that the family comes back and they're like, yeah, you know, we don't know if it's a good idea to work with you. Oh, shit. And oh, yeah. Mm. And I was I was feeling some type of way about it because I knew that it came from her. And like it was aggravating because, you know, this all happened because her funding got pulled. Mm-hmm. So um, I know. And like she also did like like she she said she was going to do this and she went forward with doing mm. it. So mm. then at that point, I was like, you know what? We're going to go forward with Mira because, mm. you know, we've always like that was always our game plan anyway yeah so yeah. then when um this happened you know some large organizations um gave us some grant money and mm-hmm. we invested that money in doing digital lobbying because of what was happening with covid and what we did was we created these digital interactive lobbying kits for the members mm-hmm. of congress to learn about Mira. And then over the summer, we were educating all of these different elected officials and their staffers on Mira, what we wanted, what we were looking for. And then on turnaround into September, we find out um, from Jackie Spears' office that they took some of our policies and put them directly into the I Am Vanessa Guillen Act, which we didn't know was happening. Mm. Right. We were just going forward. We were just going forward with Mirab. They were they merged our policies along with some other groups' um, policies. Because one of the other policies, I think in Article 1, is um, for an independent prosecutor, which was from uh, MJIA, which was like a bill that has failed five times. So that was merged in there. A bunch of our policies were merged in the different acts. And then... Um, one of the main areas that we wanted was for Sharp to get dissolved and for mm-hmm. Mira to regulate and establish universal training. Um, we wanted CE training, continuing ed licensing, and universal training across all branches at all levels, plus universal disciplinary actions for failure. So anyway, they go forward, they put a lot of that language in the bill, and then they add that they're going to do a research study on Sharp and look for mm-hmm. ways to dissolve it to implement the universal training standards. And whatever hasn't been implemented now for Mira is going to be um, looked at as one of the viable options to dissolve Sharp. Um, and that was like in Article 4. So mm. what happens is the I am Vanessa Guillenat comes out and then we see it and we're like, wait a second, a lot of our policies are in here. And then that's when we had a meeting again with Jackie Spears' office. And mm. they told us that they merged um, a lot of our policies into the I am Vanessa Guillenat. So we didn't know that that was happening right like because we were mm. we were just going forward with what we were doing so yeah. then at that point um we talked about some areas of contention mm-hmm. and one of the main areas for us is that we really wanted gender identity to be included as one of the protected classes because that was something we requested for within Mira was to ensure that discrimination sexism and racism mm-hmm. um you know that that was addressed and they were protected classes so they did put that in the bill, but they left out gender identity, and they did that because Trump put in the transgender ban. So they didn't want to put that in this bill. <laughs> so that was one of our main points of contention, and so there was a couple other points as well. But that was probably the biggest one that was disappointing <clears throat> for us because we really felt that this was an opportunity. But then uh, Jackie Spears staffers came back to us, and they were like, "Look, the family is okay with this as is." 
So if you guys want this, you have to put it in a, another bill. So we were like, all right. And then they asked us if we wanted to endorse the bill, sign on and help them to move the bill forward. And at that point we agreed because there is a lot of really good aspects of this bill um, that will really help and revolutionize the way sexual assault is handled. And, and it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's a good step in the right direction where I, that we need to have, even though, you know, there's going to have to be more work in the future, but that's always of course. Yeah. the way politics works. Yeah. So, but it's the right step. It's the right step in the right direction. And, you know, we're supporting it. And now we're getting um, our volunteers on board. How many volunteers do you all have on board now, if I may ask? We have, so we have a total of 20,000 survivors that are registered with us. Um, for the I am, yeah, for the I Am Vanessa Guillenac campaign that we're working on right now, um, we have a total of 200 registered volunteers that are helping us specifically with uh, this Yeah. I mean, it's great. Like, it's great that yeah, everyone awesome. is going out. Yeah. Man, yeah. that's awesome. Thank you. How does, how does that make you feel inside? I mean, I don't, I hope it's not a rhetorical question, but like, when you see all the, all the greatness, because even, even out of that, that woman trying to ruin you and, and, and throw a smear campaign, the universe still granted exactly, well, not exactly, but parts of, of your objective and yeah. merge. No, um, that's so crazy you said that. So I'm, I'm a quantum activist and um, I'm I someone noticed. who, yeah. Well, a lot of people don't know what that is because the concept of quantum activism is only 10 years old and I've been a practicing quantum activist for five years um, but basically it is spirituality that's rooted in the laws of physics and science mm-hmm. and so like it's um, and it's really cool because people who are religious like you can merge it with your religion and how you like what you believe but I'm a spiritual person so mm-hmm. like it aligns really well with me and I remember when everything was going on and it happened I was really upset that this was happening and the thing was like at the time I was told not to speak about it from our attorney so I was in a position that like you know there's another side to this story going on and I can't say anything right yeah yeah and, which was like really really frustrating to me and I was like, okay, like this is the advice from counsel. Like uh, this is what yeah. I have to do. So I had to eat it, and yeah. that bothered me because I felt like people really needed to hear the whole story. Mm-hmm. And you know, but then I was like, you know, I was meditating about it, and I, I meditated a lot on it. Where I was like, you know what? We've been doing Mira since 2018. Like we're still gonna do Mira. We already have these relationships with these elected officials. We're gonna go forward with that, right? Like mm-hmm. we're not gonna stop what we're doing because you know the family doesn't want to work with us we're just going to move forward with what we've been doing because that's what we've been doing um mm-hmm. and i was distraught because we did a lot of work leading up to that and yeah. then you know it was like you know the petitions the call banking and you know just all of that so it was it was hurtful especially mm-hmm. because we have the largest survivor community um in the united states so mm-hmm. it was like really really hurtful to hear that and then to hear you know this smear campaign going on and people are um extra um they're they're exaggerating it right and Mm -hmm. the other thing was there was another uh white supremacist group called marines united 
and mm -hmm. they were furthering that campaign. And um, oh so it, it was, yeah, it was really hard to deal with all that. But I just remember being like, all right, I'm going to meditate on this. And I just kept meditating and doing um, quantum intention meditations where <laughs> you basically put an intention out there, which was for me to get passed and for to get legislation passed. And honestly, I felt that the public campaign for I Am Vanessa Guillen would help propel the bill to get passed. So I was like, you know what? Higher power, like if this is really meant to be, let the policies of Mira like somehow merge and come together and man manifest for the highest good. Like whatever the highest good is, allow the highest good to happen. And I like surrendered to that. And I just like every time I was feeling like, you know, doubtful or I was feeling like I can't believe this is happening right now and it's hurtful that all this propaganda and these smear campaigns are going on. I was like, you know what? I'm going to surrender to the highest good because whatever that is meant to be and whatever happens, happens. And then all of a sudden I find out that it's merging and I'm like, that was what I wanted, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. So when it happened, I was like, thank you to the universe because yeah. I knew, I knew that it was this higher power that allowed that to happen. And I was just really thankful for my faith or my spirituality and mm -hmm. that, you know, that this reward ended up coming down the line as a result, despite all the adversity. See, I'm a firm believer in, in the law of attraction. Um, mm -hmm. And exactly what you just said, you know, as far as, as long as I can put my 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 wants, my desires on that frequency, then I know the universe has to give it back to me. Um, and not everything, you know. I mean, we we all know that there's a <laughs> I won't say a limit, but there is. You know, you 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 don't you don't have a you don't have a want for everything in the world. Um, okay. I mean, the things that that really are going to leave some type of positive impact. Yeah. I feel like right. if I home in on that, if I really, really home in, then the universe has to give it to me. So to me, that's a prime example of you right. well, standing quantum, still. Right. In quantum physics, like the way, so for quantum activism, there's like a sequence of events that you take to manifest something. And one of them is the law of intention, the mm. law of balance the law of non-locality and the law of attraction and the law of co-creation. So there's like five different laws for manifestation. So the law of attraction is like one of them, but like you put an intention out there, you do an intention meditation, and then you take real world actions for it. And mm. then um, what you do is you, so when you're doing an intention, that's, that's the point of what they call doing, right? You're mm -hmm. taking action, but mm -hmm. then you have to have a point of stillness that goes into the, um, the law of balance where instead of doing you're taking you're taking time to just be and like that's your points of meditation and ensuring that your intention is for the highest good so like when things get hard you revert back to like okay are my intentions aligned with the highest good and that's your time to just be and not do mm. and then um what happens with the law of co-creation is that like you, you go back to taking action but even if you're deterred and something doesn't happen the way that you want it to, you allow faith in the universe to take care of the other part of it. And then um, it manifests into the law of attraction where like 
all of these other aspects start coming together and it start like what you intended to happen comes to you if it's aligned for the highest good and then there's the law of non-locality which means that you work with other people who share the same mindsets and the same vibration as you to help manifest that so like in this case other survivors who would want to manifest the same thing and those are like five of the regular practices that I live by and that I do on a regular basis that is super helpful to for not only mental health but spirituality mm-hmm. like like the way things happen like in this case like that like you literally see miracles unfold and you're just like wow I mean it has to be so rewarding and so fulfilling yeah like- it's- on so many levels it is because it just makes you realize that there's this higher power you know mm-hmm. like like you will sit there and, and even if you question like god's existence or a higher power of the universe it mm-hmm. comes back to like when you see things like this happen you start to really understand the power um in this subtle conscious that emerges and then you see how change happens and you know how miracles emerge and you just really appreciate life and everything it has to offer and and just the highest sense of gratitude for the universe you know and and that the universe is like you know what you went through hell and high water all of these bad things happen you kept moving forward and now you're going to be rewarded for it and, and this reward is for the highest good it's like it's just it, it's watching the miracle unfold and it's so amazing to you know live live this out even when it gets hard i'm so honored like to just have you on this this episode on my podcast because I mean it to know that you went through all of that to get to where you are now and you're still growing I mean obviously we all still grow until we're six feet under um but I mean I think this is is such a such an awesome story of of of, of taking what was a a, a horrific experience trauma and turning that into a voice that can be heard for every other individual that has gone through this and somehow bring it to the light what was kept in the dark for so long and i salute you i really do because to stand firm and not waver especially when you had someone trying to again i'm excuse my french but fuck it all up um and you, <laughs> i know you know, I mean, I don't know how else to even describe that, except for she really tried to fuck that up and you still held your ground. And you know how hard it is to bite your tongue and, and not be like, listen here, such and such, you know, let me, you know, let me let me spill the tea and tell the world what's really going on. But you you held firm in your faith, in your belief that the universe would provide through the most high. Um, whatever the outcome would be, like you said, you surrendered. And like I said, I, I, I salute you because that, that is really tough to to just stand still. People don't realize that, like standing oh gosh, still and yeah. firm. Well, I have PTSD, so yeah. Like, And the thing is, my fight instinct is so overdeveloped. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, are you kidding me? It was incredibly difficult to not sit there and like, you know, go after go after her and chew her head off. Like, yeah, of course. Like my, yeah. my animal instincts, is very very developed so like whenever whenever um like the best way i could explain it is like i'm like a lion or a tiger right if you leave me alone i'm docile but if you come into my territory and you attack me like i'm gonna rip your head off 
And that that's literally like that's my nature because I have PTSD. So like one of the things that I've had to really like practice is learning like like be moving into a leadership role, you can't always do that, right? Like you you have to be like more um peaceful and like you don't always have to go on the attack. And like the yeah. thing is for me having a disability, it's extremely hard. And then the other thing that I had to factor in was if I if I do this, right, and I um, respond or I react better yet, there's a family right now who lost their daughter. They're never getting her back. Mm-hmm. And now by me engaging, I'm turning the narrative into a shit show mm-hmm. that people are going to be watching, you know, MSTM versus, you know, this other ex-volunteer versus like this white supremacist group Marines United who are all running these smear campaigns and like mm-hmm. while it's while I'm in my right to defend myself it also now becomes an issue of um how do I put this it, it's it's changing the narrative away from what it needed to be at that time and what it needed yep. to be was on Vanessa's story mm-hmm. right because I and I knew that because I knew that that was going to be the gateway in order for change to happen so that was, you know, that was one of the reasons. And then, you know, talking to my attorneys about everything, I told them like what I felt about everything. And that's when they were like, look, like, just keep doing what you're doing and like, don't focus on this, you know? Yeah. And they, and, and they agreed with me about like, you know, this will shift the narrative because now people are going to be looking at this versus looking at what they need to, which yeah. is hearing Vanessa's story and that's what needs to be the focal point so just take a step back and I was like you know what that's logical that's reasonable and that's that is the option that's for the highest good right now mm-hmm. so at, th- at that point I was like I'm just gonna you know ignore this talk to the, our volunteers about it because that was the other thing you know you're talking about an organization of everybody with PTSD so when you know they feel attacked they all want to attack mm-hmm. so, yeah yeah. Oh yeah, no, and I'm telling you, when they want to attack, like it's it's like it's like a den of lions that want to come out. And when their PTSD is triggered and they feel violated, yo, they'll start going straight going after people. So they'll come to me first and I'm like, you know, we can't do that. That's not the right thing to do. Here's why. And like it was a good like a whole month where they just kept coming to me like, Come on, come on, come on. And I'm like, No, we can't we can't do that so it was it was challenging to not only deal with myself but to deal with everyone else and be like this is where we need to focus let's put our energy into lobbying let's put our energy into x y and z let's put our energy to take this fire you have and let's redirect it on changing the laws and passing legislation and i kept telling them like by us doing the right thing the right thing will happen you know yeah. like let's just focus on that and then when it all manifested they were so happy they were so happy and it was it was nice to see that that like they got to see their efforts come to life and like i think it made them trust me more because they you know they were feeling let down at first and they really felt like you know so much was being taken away from them because of the smear campaigns and the propaganda and everything and you know they wanted me to come out and say something and i didn't so i think that was really um that was really a huge turning point, but when I see where we are now, I could definitely see that they they feel a lot more trustworthy. Well, when you have to go through those type of type of moments that will test and try, 
you know oh, i mean yeah. <laughs> shit. i know how to you easily i mean you know what would it be worth you know well, i, I mean? think yeah because your trials into triumphs or your pain into power is your is how you elevate in consciousness right like mm -hmm. having faith in this higher power when everything looks like it's shattering around you it's shattering around you is ultimately how you know you're connected to this higher power because when everything manifests, you know, you know that like God is on your side, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, there's no doubt. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. When you see like yeah. you overcame the impossible or like the least probable path and mm -hmm. you know, you still made it there, you realize that God is the one who carried you there. And and absolutely. for that it's just gratitude, right? I mean, there's there's no other way to express that. You know, right. you have to be gratified and you have to acknowledge that God brought you through that. It wasn't you alone, you know, oh, right. um, a lot of people fail to, to, to think about that. And it's like, you didn't do all that alone, you know, 100%. If there, yeah. If God was not in the picture, uh, I'm quite sure you would not have accomplished what you wanted to accomplish or, um, conquered what you needed to conquer, you know, what have you. So I agree with you right. wholeheartedly. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about even like the statistics surrounding MST and I'm like, damn, I should be dead like five times over. And not only like, am I alive, mm. but like I'm leading an organization of survivors. Like it, it blows my mind every day. And that's what I'm saying. Like there's people that we have that are like, oh, you know, I'm agnostic or I'm atheist. I don't believe in God. And I'm like, you know, I understand what you're saying. And in a religious mm. context, like I don't, but in a scientific context, I understand you know, how God operates and I have full faith in the power of God in the universe. And, um, you know, like, I know that that's what's carried me through because it's literally like the most impossible scenarios have become a possible. And like, you know, from dealing with everything I've dealt with personally to everything I've dealt with leading the movement, it's like we've been able to overcome everything that's been thrown our way and that's a hundred percent because of the connection that i have to god hundred percent absolutely like no matter what happens i i i honor that connection i respect that connection and it is the most influential connection in my life so when anything happens like you know i have these conversations or meditations and prayers and <laughs> when things are just not going right, I just trust that God has a plan and that I'm part of that plan and I'm going to surrender to whatever that plan is. What else can you do? Right. <laughs> you right. know, what else can you, if you do it your way, typically it doesn't seem to work out. I mean, I, I found that in my experience, it typically does not work out whenever I try to do things my way. Um, and it's not for, for me, if you will. Um, right. I know we fate but like a lot of times when I just say you know what hey I'm gonna do the opposite of what I typically would do which is trying to put my hands into it I just I'm a surrender and things right. work out you know like why not so right and that's what I mean like that was really the point at which I was just like you know what uh, we're gonna s like stay aligned to our values mm -hmm. and move forward and you know just keep working for the highest good and let the highest good manifest but yeah i mean a lot of our volunteers were stressed out and concerned but like now that they see where we are they're just really thankful and they're really excited to be a part of this and you know i'm thankful for that too and i'm thankful for you know just where we are and what we've made it through and like yo like 
God is gracious and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful to have you on this podcast of mine because I didn't know your story was was better yet. I don't want to say story. I didn't know your triumph was was that deep. Oh, um, thank you. No, I mean I mean it, and it and it's like I, I don't ever walk into any type of recording like acting like I'm gonna just know it all. Um, and I love when I'm when I'm just blown away by triumphs or triumphant moments better yet pardon me like yours um and i always hold firm that women are totally the alpha and the omega um because i've seen my mommy when she was alive pull off some of the greatest feats if you will that i that i looked at her like how the hell did you make that shit happen um and women you all are, are so strong so everything that's that's coming to you um, and has came to you like yo you deserve it and thank god for people like you women like Aww, you especially you. you know like I, I mean I really I, mean that like, you know I think we're all here for our souls to evolve and to get <laughs> closer to God like you know we, we come to this world and we don't really know why we're here and mm -hmm. when we start manifesting our purpose and our vision it's through that those trials that really bring us closer to God, you know, and, <laughs> and, and make it, and, and it makes it so real where you're like, I'm more than a person, I'm a soul. And my soul mm -hmm. is directly connected to God. And you start realizing that that connection is the ultimate connection um, that exists. And, you know, I, a lot, I think a lot of people take it for granted because there's so many distractions in the world. But yeah. when you're really going through those hard times, like the one thing that I can definitely say was every time I was at a low point, every single time that I felt like giving up, every single time that I questioned God's existence, you know, God in this higher power, the universe like showed itself to me and made mm. itself extremely real to me. And that's why like when people, you know, have these doubts, like for me, I don't, I don't have those doubts at all because I'm like, I would not be here. And like, none of this would be happening if it wasn't for this connection to this higher power. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that I have this connection. I'm glad that I am. Like I, I, I feel my connection to God much more than I feel any other connection to anything. And for me, awesome. that's just, that's like my lights, if that makes sense. And like my, my mm -hmm. no, it, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. And that, that's really like, I attribute the movement success and ability to overcome triumph because of that, because, you know, with the, with other senior leaders in the organization, like, you know, everyone has different religious and spiritual beliefs. But we all align the movements. Um, the way the movement is operated is is out of quantum activism, which is the law. We use the laws of physics for how we operate the organization. And I think in doing that too, that's also a reflection of like having this God ordained organization. That's deep. Yeah, and it's but it's it's that's deep. <laughs> and and the thing that's even more amazing about it is that like the whole organization is veterans with disabilities. So it's like people mm. who are disabled are really rising to the challenge and mm. you know impacting change and like this faith in a higher power and 
really, you know, having an organization that that's tied to universal consciousness and operating the organization in that way, like to, to me, that's like the ultimate liberation, you know, of, of where change can happen and also being a symbol of hope and being able to change the future of politics. Like to be in this place, it is so humbling because I, I hear sometimes and I'm like, you know, I was working in finance. I was making a ton of money. And when I see where I am right now, I'm just so humbled to be like, wow, I got chosen for this. Mm. You know, and like, I'm honored that, you know, God was like, you're going to be the person who's going to take on this mission and lead it and move forward. And I was just like, all right, I'll surrender to it. And I'll, I'll take a lifestyle change and I'll go with it. And it was scary. But like, when I see where we are now, I'm just like, so thankful that I get to be a part of this. Like, I'm just like, I'm so happy I'm here for the ride. Hmm. I'm getting watery eyed because I exactly what you just stated is how I feel about me uh, and podcasting. And it's like, you know, the things I've been through from being shot in my back back home in Chicago, um, being being homeless here in Florida, um, the childhood trauma that I went through as well. Um, it's like, you know, I had to go through a lot of that so that I could be relatable. And I've always heard that you have such a nice voice. You have such a nice voice. So God also blessed me with a voice. And it's like, here, use that to help uh, shine light on a lot of topics that are being hidden to bring comfort to people that need it um, to connect various worlds together because I'm anxious to ask my cousin who she retired from the military she retired I believe E9 um, but hell you know now I'm anxious to ask her and, and now that she's retired I'm sure she can definitely speak about it but I, you know it makes me wonder um, what she may have gone through. So it's like our world's connecting has shine light on 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 me, but I'm hoping it, it also shines light on other people. So in a nutshell, it's like exactly what you just stated is how I feel. Like I feel like I'm the, the, the freaking Michael Jordan of independent podcasting. Like and I'm here. Like I'm I've arrived. And it feels so great to know that I'm doing what God has blessed me and created me to do. Yeah, because we all definitely have a calling, you know, and yeah. it's like, you, and that's the other thing that blows my mind. Because I'm like, if this was not my calling, I would have quit a long time ago. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, this, this is so incredibly difficult that if this was not my calling, I definitely would not be doing this. <laughs> I wouldn't be in finance, making the money I was making, living the life I was living, mm -hmm. shopping and traveling and doing everything I was doing. And mm -hmm. not this, so I know that this is my calling because no matter how hard it gets, like I just keep going with it because I, I just like I have full faith that God, you know, put me here. Like I don't you're have any doubts about it. Yeah, you're passionate about it. It's not work. I tell people when you're doing something that's effortless to you, be it love, be it if you want to call it a career, um, be it a movement, be it a charitable foundation, what have you. If it's effortless, then yo, like yeah. That's that's where your passion is because you don't look at it as work. Well, I you know? think I don't feel for me like it's effortless. I feel like it's definitely a lot of effort and a lot of difficulty. But the thing is, like, I feel my most connected to God when I'm doing it, even during the mm. hard. Like, like mm. it, it. How do I put this? No, when, the harder it gets, the more my <laughs> faith develops. The more my connection gets stronger, and the more my consciousness develops. Mm. So. 
the effort and the struggle is worth it in a way that like I was not getting working in finance like working in finance like my consciousness was not elevating like this right. and my like my empathy has expanded my consciousness has expanded my love has expanded like those there's a level of fulfillment that happens um when your connection is is developing to God like there's it's just supernatural is the best way I yeah. can explain it you no, know definitely. it's like there's no worldly feeling that I can explain but like I it's like you fall in love with the development of this connection mm-hmm. and then you no matter how hard it gets this connection just keeps pulling you like a magnet and for me that's really what my journey has been like because mm-hmm. you know it's it's passion but the, for me the passion is like falling in love with God and this cause that God has me doing I am just marbled. I really am like I am marble. I really am marble. I no, mean, I, like Yeah, no, I totally like appreciate hearing that cuz it's, you know, being in the public eye like what people don't realize is that you you get attention and you get a lot of attention and you can't pick whether it's good, bad or neutral, right? And mm. you just try to do the best that you can do. And that's that. And the thing is, when it comes to spirituality, this is probably the most I've ever spoken um, about, you know, my personal walk in terms of what it is to lead an organization and to lead an organization that, you know, is ordained in consciousness and, you know, moving everyone's consciousness closer to God, you know, because I think that's where healing happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, I I really marvel, like, I, I just didn't expect to. I don't know, I guess be at, at somewhat a, at a loss for words, especially since I'm a motor mouth. Um, but like, I am really marveled because when you hear someone doing great works, especially like this, it's like, damn, you know. Um, and, and, and when I say effortless, you know, it, you summarize it perfectly because, I mean, of course, you have to exert some some form of effort through energy, but you, you summarized it perfectly i'm just really marveled like and it's an honor like it really is an honor to just have you on my podcast and and (laughs) i i just i'm i'm just really i'm really flabbergasted like i applaud you i salute you um i hope to have you on again so that i can pick your brain again but like i am so I'm so like marvel, especially the fact that you were a Marine and you went through what you went through and you have emerged into an awesome leader, you know, Thank you. um, from what I I've read, um, on the mstmovement.org and also, you know, chatting with you here on my podcast, like you are, you are, you man, you are kick ass, you know, you really Thank are you kick ass. That. Uh, the world appreciates you and and i know the 1.5 million survivors definitely appreciate you as well i mean i just you know i think this walk has definitely elevated me into the point of like living out my life as a spiritual being Mm -hmm. 
And, um, you know, to have that experience, like, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything else. It's like, would I ever want to go through everything I've been through again? Absolutely not. If I ever knew that this was everything that I had to go through to get here, um, I would be like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think I would want to go through that. But the fact that I am here and I have learned all these things and I've arrived at this point, I am, I am incredibly grateful. Um, but I definitely wouldn't want to go through that in a second. <laughs> no, that's real. I think a lot of us would definitely say that if we could pick and choose uh, the trials and tribulations we have to undergo. <laughs> Some of those I think we would definitely leave out, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, that's just the truth that we got to pick. It's like, all right, I would have made my road like maybe a hundred times easier than what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do understand that like every because I at every point that I went through something. I learned, I learned valuable lessons like all along the way. And each lesson has developed something in me like faith, love, empathy, compassion, you know, overcoming trauma. Uh, and like also even with like nightmares and flashbacks and being able to turn them into productivity. So it's like the journey has definitely taught me a lot. And also I feel like it's helped me take my PTSD and take my disability and like turn it into a superpower. And I think that's made it easier for me to live with PTSD because there's, there's different aspects of PTSD that that I feel like, you know, like the fact that I have such a strong fight response is like the reason I don't give up, you know? And, and the fact that I have such a strong fight response is like the reason why I fight to come out on top. And, you know, or dealing with like nightmares and flashbacks at the same time, like really learning how to manage them. I've learned how to like turn those things into positive energy that really like motivates me to manifest my dreams. So, you know, it's, it's like Kanye West said it with bipolar disorder. Like there's aspects of it that make you your unique genius in the world. And, you know, I feel like, you know, God in the universe just made me how they they needed me to be and that's why I had to go through these things and I'm incredibly incredibly grateful and thankful and humbled um but yeah I wouldn't want to go through it again (laughs) (laughs) I like how you slipped I'm incredibly grateful humbled and thankful but I would not want to go through (laughs) I mean that's just that's just the truth because believe me I would not want to sign up for being shot again that uh yeah, that one I could I could leave out. That was that was March twenty third, two thousand three was definitely the scariest day of my life. So yeah, that I can leave yeah. out. Yeah. Like imagine yeah. like the pain, the suffering, the you know, all of those negative emotions that you feel at that point. Are you gonna survive? Are you gonna make it? Like, and, and believe me, I've had my points where I'm like, you know what? Like, it's my time to go. I'm fully satisfied because, like, <laughs> the shit's hard. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like when you overcome it, you're like, all right, thanks. Thank you for the miracle <laughs> that you let me survive. I totally thought I was dead. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm thankful I'm here, but, like, you know, can we make it a little bit smoother of a ride? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think it does. Um, I have this acronym called STOP. Well, pardon me. I have a saying and the acronym within that saying it's stop and then the acronym is mess um m-e-s-s and i've made it stand for stop misdirected energy 
spoils success. So you have to. That's true. You know, the more, and I've learned that, like, the more I, because you mentioned about distractions, and the more I misdirect my energy and I get into social media, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, rather than come on my microphone, it's like I'm missing leaving an impact on the world and I'm being distracted by misdirecting my energy. So I feel 100%. You know, I feel like that's like, that's when things start to go wrong in my life is when I totally get off course and I start getting distracted, misdirecting my energy, and then I'm spoiling my success. Well, one of the biggest lessons I think I I learned throughout this whole year Mm -hmm. was on social media, there's an entire pool of people that they focus on drama and negativity. Like that's all they are. <laughs> yes. You know, like they're doing nothing productive in the world other than <laughs> criticizing people. Um, you know, people like to call them trolls, but those people are are in negative energy. And when you're online, you can't control what interactions mm-hmm. you're gonna have or what mm-hmm. people are gonna come your way. Mm-hmm. And all you could do is control your response. And like one of the main things that I've I've learned at this point is like let those negative people stay where they are but like they're not interrupting my energy like i'm not getting distracted mm-hmm. you know the organization's not getting distracted and we're moving forward mm-hmm. no matter what comes our way like we're not we're not entertaining that nonsense you know because at the end of the day that's what it is it's mm-hmm. it's a waste of energy and those people who are like that who you know they're running smear campaigns they're running propaganda campaigns they're trying to tear people down like they're not doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, all they're doing is causing distractions. And for them, like that just means that they have a lower vibration. And like one of the main things, like I, we have a policy within the movement where like we don't use names mm-hmm. unless somebody is a registered volunteer in the movement. And the reason for that is like, we don't do that or even with other organizations, um, especially if there's something negative going on or something with, you know, a, um, a group per se, or like an ex-volunteer, because we don't need to lower our vibes. And we don't need to give those lower vibrations frequent, like mm-hmm. those lower vibrations energy. Mm-hmm. So it's like when we're communicating where we're at, it's like we'll maintain our the height of our frequency, we'll say the truth, we'll say, you know, what's happening, but we're not going to lower our frequency to entertain those circles of negativity. Exactly. Like, it's not worth it. No, it's not. It's not. And all it does is bring you down somewhat. Not all the way, but, you know, just enough to get you off course. Right. And then you're losing your connection to God. Yep. And it's like, you got to maintain a high frequency to stay as connected as possible to God. And that was one of the things that I've really had to learn this year where I was like, you know, but and I had I had some really, really, really difficult struggle points this year. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have faith. I'm gonna stay connected to you. And you know, no matter what happens, I'm gonna maintain this faith and I'm gonna maintain this connection. And like I've just grown so much. And you know, the level of growth that I've achieved this year is like it's exponential to where I was, you know, last year and the year before. So it's to be at this point in my life, like I'm glad that I arrived here, you know. That is awesome. That is so awesome. Like you can feel that. I mean, you can just feel the passion you have. You can feel the, as you said, you know, the the fact that you're gratified, you're humbled. I mean, you can you can feel it. You can definitely feel it. And I think it's so awesome. Yeah. I really do. I think it's so awesome because because it makes life worth living. It, you know, like having your soul connected to god or the higher power of the universe mm-hmm. whatever you call it 
just feeling that connection and knowing that it's real, mm -hmm. you know anything is possible. And you know that miracles are going to happen and miracles are going to enter your life and that, you know, through your connection, anything is possible. And like, that's the life I want to live. So it's like, for me, I want to stay here and I want our volunteers within our organization to have these experiences as well. Like I said, marveled. All I can say is marveled. I am so marveled. And you better keep keep up the good works too, because you have much more to do. And I know I like, <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen next, but I'm just gonna keep trusting the universe on this one. Oh yeah, I mean you you can't stop now. You know, yeah. you have a lot a lot more greatness and a lot more lives to touch in a positive way and a lot more to bring to the table a lot more awareness so yeah you have to keep going you don't have any other choice oh, now <laughs> right I, I totally understand what you're saying too because like the the more my consciousness is elevated and the more my connection is elevated mm -hmm. that's how I felt mm -hmm. like I'm just like okay it's like start creating more awareness and doing more advocacy and just like really spreading mm -hmm. the organization's wings you know yeah yeah. yeah, like I don't believe in contentment. You know, it's like, mm -mm. you know, to me, um, greatness at all time. Um, do more, you know, at all time. Um, spread more positivity at all time. Like that. That's the yeah. the things or the philosophies, better yet, principles, what have you, that I believe in for myself. It's like let let's go. You're alive for a reason. So you know, right. And both my. I think for. I think for me, like what I've learned is contentment is that is my place of being, mm. you know, that things could be going wrong, but having faith that everything's going to be all right mm -hmm. and that I'm here for a reason. So I think contentment for me is more of a tool when I'm meditating and in my place of being of just being okay with no, with whatever the outcome is going to be and just know that it's for the highest good. But then when I go back to my point of like doing and manifesting and working towards something, then at that point it like shifts into like, all right, it's time to, you know, be that vessel and, you know, manifest what, what God wants to happen and, and, you know, really be that vessel to move forward. But understanding that like, I don't control the outcome. Right. The outcome right. is ultimately the reward. Right. I like the way you phrase that. that is yeah, and I think greatness just comes as a result of surrendering, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, definitely. You know, you you put forth the, the great effort. And though I said it's effortless, but no, you put forth the great effort. And you're right. The greatness in the end, you know, comes because you surrendered. Nothing less, no yeah. more. You know, you, you finally surrendered and said, fine. Here, have at it. <laughs> you you drive. I'm sitting back on the passenger side and relaxing. So you drive now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And and that's all we could do, right? Like when you do everything you can do and there's nothing left to do, you just gotta be. Yep. I'm like here's the keys. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna <laughs> on the passenger side and relax a little bit, stretch my arms and put my feet out the window and let you drive. How about that? Yeah, you know. that's like my point of where I like I just connect to nature and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to feel like I'm going to just embrace this connection mm -hmm. that I feel, you know, to because when I'm in nature, I feel my most connected to God. And like, it's just feeling the vibrations of all living beings mm -hmm. at all different levels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. That's where I feel the connection the strongest. So when, when all else fails, I'm like, I'm going to just go into the woods 
and just meditate here and just feel the vibrations in my soul because it always brings me back to a point that I'm like, all right, God is real. <laughs> God is real, you know, and, and this is happening because this is what God wants, you know? That's deep. <laughs> I mean, we're connected. Everything's connected. No, I mean, definitely. You know, whether or not, whether or not we want to admit it, everything's connected. That's what makes God all powerful. Yeah. And, you know, people, I just think people lose, lose sight of that, mm-hmm. you know, especially given um, going through this day and age, you know, there's so much going on nowadays. It's easy for someone to definitely lose sight. Well, there's so many distractions, I think, from people mm-hmm. to, um, how do I put this? There's so many distractions that halter people from developing a higher level of consciousness. Mm-hmm and connection Mm -hmm. so it's like we have so many distractions to just stay at a lower vibration and i ultimately think that's what a lot of people do but for me it's like when you achieve these higher vibrations and you see your frequency dropping you have to restore your energy Mm -hmm. and then you're like no my my energy's got to stay at a certain level of connection because i've already experienced what this connection feels like at this level and i need to stay at this this point of energy because this is where I feel the most connected to God. And that's when you're like, you know, and then when you feel the connection slipping away, you're like, no, because it starts to feel like hell. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm at this place in heaven already. And, you know, my journey has brought me here. Like, I'm not going back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're so, like, I'm bringing absolutely. people with me here. Yep. You know, I want to bring more people to heaven. I don't want to go sit back to hell. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, when you, at that level that's where like your soul has gotten to a point that like you know these lower vibrations you're like nah i'm trying to keep going higher and higher wise wise beyond your years that's all i can say (laughs) i've been through i've been through hell and high water so it's like i'm just thankful to be here you know Mm -hmm. like i'm just thankful that like you know like I was chosen for this and I was chosen to be someone who has my consciousness elevated and someone who's got to experience these connections. And I also think like experiencing what hell on earth is like and then experiencing what heaven on earth is like for me has been like so profound because, you know, so many times people are like heaven and hell is in your next life and i'm like no it's definitely here and what you make of your life and like circumstances mm-hmm. so it gets to this point where you like when you realize that then you're like okay like we can manifest heaven on earth if we work together and we all elevate our consciousness and then you you know you realize like what your purpose really is and that's what you know everyone who's at a certain point like with you doing your podcast mm-hmm. with me doing the movement like we're fulfilling our purpose mm-hmm. to help people in some capacity like arrive at heaven you know like their own heaven because that looks different for everyone exactly but i don't think that yeah i don't think that many people consciously think about it like that because of what they've learned with religion right but i think they ponder these thoughts mm-hmm. Like I said, I just see you have me marveled. You really do. Um, Because most people, I mean, you're right. They will put religion into it. And and I think it gets really, really, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
I don't want to say polluted, but it just gets all like yeah, contorted. There we go, contorted. Perfect word. And it's like you know, it's not that hard. It really isn't because you're right. You can definitely have hell on earth, or you can have heaven on earth. Whichever you choose, it's a choice. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is a choice, and it's not based on how much money you make. And people get that confused. Okay. A lot of people get that confused. It's not about the amount of zeros that you have, right. you know, behind the decimal points and and any commas or what have you. It's it's <laughs> money is easy to make. I mean, it really is. Right. That, that that. But really allowing yourself to be in alignment with the Most High—that's hard. And once you get right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Maintaining your energy and staying connected mm-hmm. is hard, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because you go through, it's like your faith gets tested all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like your faith gets tested and in order to keep elevating your consciousness, you have to go through lessons. Mm-hmm. And that's another concept that like when I grew up in Christianity, things were so black and white and good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I moved into um, becoming a quantum activist, it's not its not like things are good or bad per se. It's that like each thing teaches you a lesson mm-hmm. for your soul to keep evolving. So there's a purpose in God being all powerful and, and essentially showing these trials along your way because it's during these hardships that you learn about God's existence, this higher power's existence. And that's how your faith keeps developing. And then, you know, the higher you go, the harder the challenges are. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's like being in a video game with your spirituality connected and for you to keep elevating to the final levels. You know, you're going to keep going through more and more challenges. So, you know, but you can go through those challenges while remaining connected to God. And I think that's ultimately what heaven is on earth. Mm-hmm. And I think the more of us that start to consume that and take on these belief systems i think that's where we're going to have heaven on earth for everyone because we're going to start to work um with collective consciousness Mm -hmm. where all of us work together to create heaven for everyone and i think that's where you know suffering and these obstacles and you know discrimination racism sexism are going to dissolve because it won't have any power anymore Mm -hmm. but again it requires collective consciousness and that means a lot of people have to elevate their consciousness What do you think will be, I guess, the turning point, you know, when it's when it's um, I think I think it's going to take a couple of generations. Like, I think, you know, this generation, you can see a lot of our consciousness has been rising. And I think a lot of that has to do with social media. Right. And like being able to be connected without government censorship. Mm-hmm. I think that has played a role in elevating our consciousness because you can consume content and explore content like you know, you grew up in a Christian household or a Jewish household and maybe all you're consuming is that content. Mm-hmm. But then you have the internet and you're like, well, what is Islam? What is it to be Muslim? What is it to be Buddhist? What is it? What's Taoism? What is what is quantum activism? And mm-hmm. you start exploring and then you're like, hey, this avenue feeds my soul more. And then you're living your life out that way. And I think I think we're like the I think, you know, our ancestors were on to something. You know, I think like Native Americans and African culture, they were already spiritually tied to God because you can see how how their love affair with nature was so spiritual, so spiritual. And I think when the Industrial Revolution happened and we became more like factory workers in an employment area and like 
we were just focusing on money and profit. And I think, you know, I think capitalism got corrupted and our government got corrupted. And I think that intentionally halted our consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the rise of social media, I think we're really the first generation who is reigniting, um, elevating our consciousness to spirituality. So what I think is is starting to happen, even with all these protests that are emerging, is that you see consciousness elevating where, you know, a couple of years ago, Black Lives Matter was horrible. And now, like, it's the forefront of of one of the largest successful movements where everyone's getting on board with it. You know, sexual violence in the military has been prevalent, but now there's a turning point that's happening. So I think consciousness is starting to emerge and rise. And I think when economics becomes more spiritual and focused on service to others mm-hmm. versus profit, mm-hmm. and when I think politics restores its morality to be spiritual and connected to God versus again for profit, mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think it's gonna probably take like five to seven generations of consciousness elevating to get to that point. So I don't think it'll be overnight, but I think the more of us who keep using our platform, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's eventually going to happen, and I think we'll we'll have that golden era again. Well, Miss J, I've got a lot of a uh, lot of uh, information from you today. I picked your brain <laughs> mighty nice. Yeah, you did, <laughs> and I am grateful. Didn't think you were going to do that, though. I told you. <laughs> yeah. I definitely you did. You did. I definitely told you, and I'm and I'm very grateful because I got some nuggets that you dropped. And um, I know you were kind of concerned about the time length, but I looked down, I'm like, ooh, she, she's gonna be mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm so grateful and um, I'm definitely going to, of course, send you a copy of this episode. I, I had you on for an yeah. hour, almost 20 minutes. So I know I've definitely got you a lot longer <laughs> than you planned. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, I mean, we could always do something else in the future, you know? Oh, I, that would be honored. Um, by, yeah, and we'll just continue the conversation. Yeah, I mean, no, by all means, you know, um, like I, I, I promise I will pick your brain some more, um, in a respectful manner, of course. But I, I definitely I will be picking your brain some more because, especially on the, the spirituality aspect, um, I can talk two to three hours for that. So we'll have to definitely break those up into different <laughs> recordings. Yeah. <laughs> but um. You could totally listen. I. I could talk about that forever, but yeah, definitely. You know, we'll, we could do something like that. You just let me know. I appreciate that. And I'm going to go ahead and walk my canine son because he's looking at me like, Dad, I have to go outside. So I'm going <laughs> to get right. him out. Now. I got to get back to work, too, so it'll be great. I really appreciate it. And you make sure to have an awesome day. You too. And thank you for having me. No, thank you. Honestly, thank you so much. Yeah, this is great. And I will chat with you soon. All right, take care. Yes, ma'am. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.